welcome to another episode of our podcast, A Lawyer and a Policy Analyst Walk Into a Bar. I'm Jared Cummings, the lawyer. And I'm Delano D'Souza, the policy analyst. And today we have a bit of a hot topic for you. Very topical right now, especially because of the legislative strides that some countries are making in terms of medical marijuana and so forth. We're going into that whole arena of marijuana usage and decriminalization. But for today, we just want to discuss medical marijuana usage Uh and how that is going to work. When we get into the discussion, we're going to be using some terms. We're going to interchangeably use marijuana and cannabis. I know some persons have a negative connotation in relation to marijuana but it's true, it's you true. know it's more popularly known as marijuana you know yeah, in, in, in yeah, a lot of parts of us refer to it yeah so we're gonna use them interchangeably but in relation to cannabis you know it's known that there are three species sativa indica and ruderalis i think i pronounced that correctly but across these species there are about a hundred cannabinoids present and um but for medicinal purposes the psychoactive compound known as delta 9 tetrahydrocannabinol or THC. We call it THC. We call it THC. THC because <laughs> delta 9 tetrahydrocannabinol is a bit of a mouthful. It so is. this is the last time I'm going to be saying delta 9 tetrahydrocannabinol. <laughs> but, and um, the, the other compound is cannabidiol, which is non psychoactive. I mean, so, call that CBD? We're going to call that CBD. Boom, I like that. <laughs> so THC, CBD, and cannabis marijuana mm-hmm. right so you know why is this topical now delano you know why all of a sudden why are we discussing decriminalization or legalization medical marijuana use recreational use religious use i mean why now in 2018 mm. well jerry um the caribbean is known for its cannabis cultivation over the years uh, I, even within the Caribbean, we like to brag and boast and say, yo, our, our, our strands of, of cannabis is, you know, perhaps the hardest in the world, the most. Yeah, we have the, the highest grade. Yeah, the highest, highest grade, grade. <laughs> you know. I mean, so, I don't know personally, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how it's always been. Um, and we've been talking about that. And more so, Jarek, is mostly about the global shift in terms of decriminalization in some form, whether for recreational or medical use. Yeah. And of course, we've seen these sort of laws um, gaining traction in places like Canada, uh, Chile, Colombia. And then when you think about even within um, the USA, it's now, I think, what, 33 states? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Within the um, yeah. US. It's not federal yet, but a, a large number of the states, an increasing number of these states have... Um, have legalized marijuana for at least medicinal or in some places recreational yeah, purposes. So it's, it's becoming a thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, I, I guess that's why it's hitting us here in the Caribbean as well because, you know, we see Jamaica, we see Belize, we see Antigua mm-hmm. and they have pushed forward their medical marijuana usage, you know, um, mm-hmm. programs and so forth and legislation. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, especially with, with in regards to uh, decriminalizing small quantities. I think right, it's maybe two ounces yeah. or something like that. And that's always been something that caught me when I was in Jamaica. Yeah. And, we, and we there, and we just see, I just, you know, because <laughs> coming from St. Vincent, it's yeah, a different, it's almost like a culture shock when you see man just there with, a, with small quantities of marijuana just rolling it and so on. And you there now, and police walking by, you just tell yourself, we're going on here. Yeah, exactly. But that is what it's, yeah. you know, that's what the, 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 the marijuana industry is becoming. Yeah. I think in Jamaica, it's. I think it's 59 grams you're allowed. Bam. And whereas in St. Vincent, 15 grams is considered um, trafficking. Yeah, so I mean, you could see a difference there. Mm-hmm. So I think that's why a lot of these um, legislative moves are being made 
to mm-hmm. kind of um, get into medical marijuana and recreational marijuana and so forth and change the way we look at marijuana. Mm-hmm. CARICOM had a commission on marijuana report and they, if you have time to read it, it's it's a really good um, report that they did. Yeah. Brilliant yeah, work by some of our lead and academics and other people within the region. Yeah, I think um, Kishore Shala from St. Yeah, Vincent, Dr. Dr. Shalo. Yeah, I was, was on it, uh, yeah. one, of the, one of the representatives of St. Vincent, I believe. Right, yeah. And, um, and it was a report prepared for the heads of government, you know, and it dealt extensively with marijuana usage, you know, and all the different spectrums there are, medical, recreational, mm-hmm. religious, etc. So, mm-hmm. and it, it's, if you have a chance to read it, it's quite good to pick up and mm-hmm. read. I guess locally as well, because St. Mm-hmm. Vincent is moving into yeah. that as well, you know, yeah. we've, we've drafted our bills yeah. and yeah. the medical marijuana bill is supposed to be pushed through mm-hmm. um, quite soon. It was supposed yeah. to be last week, I think. Yeah, there's a trio of bills right now. Um, uh, medical mar- medical marijuana, re- uh, use of marijuana for religious purposes. Mm-hmm. And the third one is um, the amnesty bill, which would, um, yeah. um, we'll, we'll go into it a little bit more soon, but it should basically allow for uh, an amnesty for persons currently cultivating um, marijuana, illegally, obviously, in St. Vincent and the Grenadines. Yeah, yeah. So, really, I think we could probably kick the discussion off by discussing the, I guess, the medical applications of it. And uh, for decades and decades, there's been a lot of research into this. Um, it's still, you know, still a lot of research is outstanding, but there, there are benefits to be derived from medical marijuana or using marijuana for medicinal purposes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, there's strong evidence to support treatment of, of induced nausea and vomiting from chemotherapy, mm-hmm. uh, glaucoma, anorexia, uh, chronic and neuropathic pain, multiple sclerosis, PTSD, arthritis, mm-hmm. Parkinson's, you know, there, there are a lot. But Jared, before we go, as, as you said that, right, it's important that obviously we bring to the fore the definition of cannabis, medicinal cannabis, which really mm-hmm. speaks to cannabis cultivated for medicinal purposes, uh, uh, Alternatively, or also cannabis material manufactured for medicinal purposes or a medicinal cannabis product manufactured or obtained for medicinal purposes. So that's the, that's what the, the, the act says. The, yeah, the, that's the, how they define it. That's how it, they yeah. define it in the act. But you, you, you just call out a whole spew of um, qualifying illnesses that is referred to in the right. act, right? Right. And for me, uh, some of these things stuck out from my preliminary reading of the, of the thing because some of these things, when you really look at it, you know, in the Caribbean we have difficulty even diagnosing yeah, some of, some of these things. illnesses that we are now introducing a, a, a piece of bill, a bill to the house or to the country that says we are going to use marijuana to target these things. When really and truly we, we don't diagnose them now, we don't even treat them now in the region and our healthcare system, especially in Zimbabwe, isn't, well, isn't, isn't up there. <laughs> Yeah. In terms of, of diagnosis and treatment of these, these of these illnesses, so that kind of you know kind of stuck out to me when I read the act. Yeah, it's 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 one of those things in the act. It's a qualifying medical condition. It's something. It's a prerequisite that mm-hmm. you have to meet. That a patient has to meet. Mm-hmm. But um, these conditions, they they are numerous in the act. Actually, I mean, it's pain associated with cancer. Uh, I named some multiple sclerosis, yeah. uh, sleeping disorders, and so forth, glaucoma. Yeah. Yeah. How do we diagnose PTSD in the region? Them kind of questions is questions that, you know, right. that, that has merit in terms of how we're going to go about trying to treat these ailments that we, you know, yeah. with medical yeah. marijuana. Yeah. You know, we can't even diagnose them properly. Yeah. And I think, well, I think critics might be a bit happy when they, when they hear that because, you know, it, it creates a, 
a, a steep hurdle for these medical practitioners to, to pass because you know they have to diagnose this and prescribe it and they have to there are, there are a lot of conditions under the act mm, that, that the that, medical mm. practitioner has to meet or you know suffice before mm. you can even issue a prescription mm-hmm. so when you look at that i think critics might be a bit appeased in that it's the model that st vincent's adopting is a bit restrictive mm-hmm. because when you look at the medical marijuana um models across the world Mm -hmm. there are i think there are four models that stood out and again this was mentioned in commission on marijuana by Mm -hmm. um, the caricom commission and there are four regulating models that that exist and there is one there is a liberal access model Mm -hmm. and in that model there is no no need for a qualifying medical uh, disease or illness Mm -hmm. right and i think a lot of u.s states use that Mm -hmm. and canada as well but we're using the what they call the restricted model in the restricted model you must have that qualifying medical disease or illness Mm -hmm. and it must you know must have approval from the authority and so forth and Mm -hmm. we'll get into the authority a bit later but there's also the restricted product range where it actually restricts the type of medical marijuana that you can use the products mm-hmm. so you can't it can't be smokable or you know or it might not be edible something like that so they okay. have restrictions okay okay and there's highly restricted mm-hmm. which actually goes to the molecular composition of the strain and says okay well you can't have this level of thc you can't have this level of cbd and so forth but we are that's not the direction we're going. We're no, going, we're going we're in the, um, the restricted, not the highly restricted. Right. Okay. So I think that might appease some critics as well, mm-hmm. just to show that we are actually making steps to yeah. regulate. It's, it's not no, no kind of willy-nilly thing where you can <laughs> right. just come and access um, cannabis and, 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 and claim that it's for um, medicinal purposes. Yeah. There is a framework in place, a very strict framework, yeah, some would say. Um, before you can, you know, actually gain access to medicinal cannabis. A lot of fear predicated that, you know, a lot of persons were like, hey, you know, our person's just going to say, hey, I need a, a prescription. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm having trouble sleeping. Yeah, I have a sleep you know? disorder. You know, let me get some medical <laughs> yeah. marijuana. Let me get some medical cannabis. Play smoking and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, you know, yeah. Kingston going to smell like marijuana and yeah, blah, 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 yeah. blah, blah, blah. But, well, even though that mentioned that, there are a lot of restrictions and prohibitions under the act mm-hmm. in that even if you qualify and you have uh, oh there's still restrictions in terms of where you can use it and so on you can't use it in a school bus or a school compound and Mm -hmm. there's even one i saw um as a passenger in a public Public transportation is a bit yeah yeah, 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 it's very restrictive it's almost like the only place you can use it is home brother (laughs) (laughs) but i don't know the practicalities of it Mm -hmm. but going through the act at least we can see that they've made some conscious decisions in terms of regulating it mm-hmm. um you know so that's 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 good the the next thing i think we said oh well we we're going to touch on the authority i think that's that's like the first thing in the yes. in the act the establishment of that uh what's it called the medicinal the medicinal cannabis authority and basically the bill will establish an authority that will essentially develop and oversee the policies that regulate the supply the possession and the use of medical uh medical cannabis now obviously in the act this authority is appointed by cabinet and then the authority would then make recommendations to cabinet on the approval of licenses, the, the denial of licenses, etc. So really, like right, you mentioned, yeah. the, the authority is almost the overarching um, body that's going to um, oversee this whole medical marijuana industry, obviously overseen in and of itself by cabinet. Right, right. That's that's how it is. And they have a, a board of directors, I think, that they... Yeah, they're a board of directors. 12 members, right. 8 ex officio, 
and four appointed members. I found this composition interesting, Dradrick. Um, yeah. The eight ex-officio members include the Attorney General or his nominee, the Commissioner of Police, the Comptroller of Customs, you know, the the Executive Director of Invest SVG. Mm. I could see the merit of that, but it's still kind of, you, yeah, right. you know, um, the Chairman of the Advisory Council and, the, and Misuse of Drugs. So there are several people, there are eight persons mm. that are appointed to the to the authority based on the substantive position that they hold within the, the bureaucracy of government essentially right. and then there are four uh, who are appointed by cabinet hmm. basically so it's 12 members and then there's an executive director which the board will hire to run the day-to-day of the authority so that's basically the setup of it and then obviously they're gonna be staffed below that you know they, they right. hire a, a, full, a whole cadre of staff to kind of run the day-to-day but it's basically the board and then the executive director then basically regular staff under that right, right. yeah yeah we could see that the authority has you know it's, it has a lot of functions and all the functions are laid out mm-hmm. under the act you know yeah. but you really to develop the policies procedures guidelines you know mm-hmm. things of that nature yeah. um, to regulate the supply and possession yeah. you know stuff like that so they have it all laid out in the act and mm-hmm. again you should have a, a look at the act i mean it's, yeah, it's, it's, online. it's definitely it, yeah. and, and i should mention too we're using what we're speaking of is the draft version of the app that is available on the government website of St. Vincent yeah, and that's important, yeah. gov.vc. And this is important because I think the bills are now currently in select committee. And right. even this morning, um, the Minister of, of Agriculture was saying that these there are a lot of things being changed, there are right, a lot of amendments right. being made. So we obviously haven't seen the version that is that that is probably the working document now. So what we're speaking yeah. from is the, the, um, the, the version that they first published online. And just going back to the, the authority, in terms of how the authority is going to be funded, it's going to be funded um, by money made available to, by the government and then through the fees and, and the licensing mm-hmm. fees, etc. that they're going to raise, that they hope to raise. And that's going to fund the, 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 the work of the authority, including the staff. And I, another part that stuck out to me within the, the act is that they, they, they allow for revenues from the authority be, to be used for other things like funding research training of persons helping with le- reforestation and different things so oh, i found right. that interesting because right, yeah, they're yeah. trying to kind of embody like a social or development aspect, aspect into the right. work of the authority so i yeah. found that interesting yeah yeah definitely is yeah at least they have all those bases um covered i, I think mm-hmm. that's, that's something good and something that a lot of persons might not anticipate that would actually be in the act yeah yeah all right how about who can access medical marijuana? Yeah, boy. <laughs> that, that, <laughs> you see, you know, that, that's, that's where all these conditions and stipulations arise, right? Um, who can access it? How does the act envisage this whole process working? From looking at it, you know, there is a... Uh, well, you have to have the qualifying medical condition that, mm-hmm. we, that we talked about. And that's, mm-hmm. you know, that's described or defined in the interpretation section mm-hmm. of the act. Mm-hmm. And... Um, you know, once you once you have that qualifying medical condition and you're a patient, you have to register with the authority. Yes. Right. And right. then you're. You have to be issued an identification issued card, condition. a special yeah. one, and it goes into yeah. a secure digital um, database, I think. Mm-hmm. And then and there's a prescription, and the All prescription right, yeah. has to come from, from a, a medical, medical doctor. doctor. Yeah. And you and know, that the medical doctor has to pretty much comply with a lot of things. A lot of things. A lot of conditions. Yeah. And we're going to go through them in a while. Mm-hmm. Once you get the prescription, they're authorized pharmacies mm-hmm. and an authorized pharmacist, and you have to go to those locations mm-hmm. with your ID that you're mm-hmm. issued by the authority and the prescription and then they would issue you 
your, your well, your yeah. dosage or, or whatever. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And even in them supplying you with the cannabis, they have to comply with a whole host of things as well. Yeah, so yeah. they have to record how much they gave you, um, your name, your name, your name and you know, the, yeah. the, the, the dosage. Have. There's a there's a lot. It's yeah, a lot. Even where the there. even where the the, um, the pharmacies can be and so on. There, there are restrictions on that. Yeah. You know, so there, it's it's a wide range in piece of legislation that really is stringent in terms of who can access it and the processes. But the question, I, like I always have, Derek, is, oh, well, I'm going to read these these pieces of legislation, you know. But can the, are these things practical? Can 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 it can it really be done to an extent that makes it you know beneficial that yeah. that doesn't kind of stymie the progress of, of what we're trying to achieve? Yeah. Because when you look at the patient, the patient comes to you and say, you know, Doc, I have this and blah blah blah. Uh, you know, I'm suffering from this ailment. I'm in chronic pain, and you know. And then when you look at what the medical practitioner has to comply with or what he has to do, mm -hmm. you know, it's it's a long process. Yeah. And you're and as a patient, you know, how do you feel? Because yeah, yeah, yeah. you then have to wait for X, Y, and Z before you can yeah. even be issued a prescription. Yeah, and I mean, in addition to that, too, the the, the doctor that recommends you for medicine and um, cannabis. That doctor have ha has had to be treating you for the for the duration well, of your that, illness. Yeah. That's the next thing I was going to say. One yeah. and two, they have to have tried other traditional means. And all must have failed. And right? yeah, yeah, they must have failed mm. before they can say, "Well, boy, it's almost like a hit. Like we try everything, dog. Yeah. <laughs> you know, let like we let like, you know we try yeah. everything, brother. It's like a last resort. Yeah, let, let's thing. try. Let, you, you know. To to it. So it, it's it's it's, it's, it's basically a, a series of hurdles that you have to jump to to say we try everything and it's yeah. not working. So now let me try medicinal cannabis yeah i mean we, we could just read you some quickly you know mm -hmm. the all medical treatments like we just said um, have been prescribed to treat the patient for the qualifying medical condition have proven to be ineffective and provided little or no relief that's a and you know b the patient may receive therapeutic or palliative care from the use of medicinal cannabis and c the potential benefits of the use of medicinal cannabis would likely outweigh the health risks mm -hmm. to the patients. And this is and this is not all. Oh, yeah. Like you have to satisfy all, <laughs> all, all of these, you know. And like Delano was saying, the patient has to have been under the continuing care of the medical doctor for the treatment of the qualifying medical condition. And um, the doctor has to complete a mm -hmm. detailed assessment of the patient and all of that. All and right. As my old queen would say, is not similar to me. So, I mean... I, I, again, I think it appeases the critics or, or those who aren't so highly in favor of it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, at least it, these restrictions are in place. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, when, you, when you're a patient and you really want access to it, then, you know, you wonder if it becomes a bit of a bother. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, I can think of, there was a famous case um, earlier in the year. I think the guy was a, it was a young boy. His name was Billy Caldwell in the UK. And uh, pretty much... What happened, his story is that the the ministry allowed him, I think he was the only case in the UK, they allowed him to use uh, marijuana for medicinal purposes. He was like a, a one-off exception. Mm -hmm. And that's because he was suffering from, I think, epilepsy and seizures and so forth. And, and that's something else that they say that the cannabinoids um, really help in mm -hmm. those cases. And uh, what happened is that he went to... I think he went to Canada and so forth and he received cannabinoid oil and so forth and you know was really helping him and uh, when he got back to the UK they seized the products because the the THC content was too high above the limit that's you know that's allowed mm -hmm. and uh, 
within a matter of I think five days he went back into the state that he was in like in a bad state he was you know having seizures and so forth and it was a big thing you know his mother made a huge protest about it a lot of persons were in support of him and you know they were saying hey you should allow this kid to use the medicinal marijuana products that he had with him and you know he was one case and they were saying that doctors could actually see the benefits of the medicinal marijuana that he was using so you could see in that case you know just after five days you know he was already feeling pain and so forth so when you think about the hurdles that you as a patient have to go through you might think you know is it really worth it who is it helping you know but um at least the regulations are in place and i think the critics would at least be appeased by it Mm -hmm. Well, I guess the next thing we can move on to, Jodic, is the licenses, because we spoke about it before, right? And in the case of the, the, the bill for St. Vincent and the Grenadines that they're putting forward now, there are basically eight types of licenses. A cultivation license, a research license, a manufacturer license, dispensing license, importation license, exportation license, a transport license, and then yeah, the traditional... Boy, license for everything, boy. <laughs> Well, and, the then, cover the bases, and then there's the traditional cultivator license which is very important because that speaks to the, the persons in st vincent um that would have that would be covered by the amnesty bill right so these right. are the persons who are currently farming marijuana illegally yeah. but the amnesty bill which is part one of the um the other pieces that they're introducing along with the medicinal um cannabis bill is going to allow these persons to come to the authorities um and declare and declare what they're selling and 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 they'd have to obviously cross most other hurdles as well and i think the period this legislation the period of in terms of the amnesty is about a year just over i think it ends in the mid or late 2019 yeah i think it was about 11 months yeah well the bill as it is i think it said august 2018 Mm. to july 2019 but obviously that 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 hasn't been enacted so they probably changed that and then who would qualify like i mentioned the persons who who are now cultivating and who want to try to make um, legal means of the activity now. And um, in addition to that, one other aspect of the amnesty bill I found interesting, Jarek, is um, those persons who may be before a court or have criminal matters pending, ah, right, uh, yeah. there is no leeway for, um, I think, the, the DPP to, to be. Yes. Yeah, so. Nolly, what? Let me hear that again. Because <laughs> you know me and these, and these, you know, it sounds Latin. <laughs> yeah, you can now cross the case, you know what I mean? Just, just um, throw it out, basically. Okay, just kind of discontinue yeah, the case. The okay, okay. Um, there was a part that spoke to it that says um, something yeah. on a part of the constitution right, that they could kind of... Right. There is a provision, section 75, under the constitution relating to the prerogative of mercy, which mm-hmm. shall apply. They're making these strikes, they're putting these things in place to ensure that pending criminal proceedings don't interfere with the mm-hmm. amnesty. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I fully understood. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, the Honourable Minister Sabota sees and Senator James this morning were discussing it on mm-hmm. uh, radio as well, that particular part. So, you know, that's just to kind of bring in, you know, the amnesty bill and kind of show you how these three pieces of legislation kind of tie together along with the interaction with other um, existing, uh, you know, legislation on the books already. So those were interesting parts of it. So then the types of um, licenses we mentioned before, <laughs> they have, they're eight. There are eight different types, so I found that interesting. And even under those different type of licenses, there are a lot of criteria that any any person applying or any company applying um, for a particular license will have to meet. So it's not just to say 
that you can go in even for the cultivation i remember i think i read in the, in the act that you have to have the land secured secure um you have to have security cameras in possession oh, yeah, yeah. in in um in, in operation you have to have cctvs you know there's there's a lot of things in terms of where the land can be located and so on so there are a lot of hurdles that you must cross to yeah, even cross. get these these licenses and i think these are granted by like we mentioned before by by cabinet and, and advice of the authority, the authority yeah. so you know there, there's a lot even the transportation that you you know even reading it i remember judge that there, there was particular procedures that had to be followed in terms of um even disposing of um the cannabis uh, you know excess cannabis so it's it's a mouthful and, and again we don't want to go through it now because yeah. in the interest of time and so on so we advise you to read the act and kind of familiarize yourself with it yeah get access to it and look through it and you will see exactly what we're talking about it's it's very informative i mean it's something that you should know as you know as a vincentian and our persons in the region as well it's right on our government website so you can have a look and see and also i would encourage you to read the commission report um on the medical on marijuana usage mm-hmm. like i mentioned before mm-hmm. so then Jared, there are some concerns why are we pushing um well we mentioned it before why are we pushing the, the medicinal cannabis what potential benefits are there we meant we went through the benefits to the person to the sick individual to the patient, to the patient. we went through that aspect of it but why is it something apart from you know the, the benefits in terms of um, to the patient? What does it bring to the country? What does right. it bring to the regular man who's not ill, who's not you know? Why why is it such a major t- talking point? Yeah, why should we be concerned with it at all? Uh, if yeah. we're not a patient, if we yeah, yeah, know, yeah, why, yeah. why is it something? Because even if we we can, if we're not a patient, we can't access it. You know, how does it yeah. you know directly affect us? And then so that would then bring us to you know, like the potential benefits and maybe the cons. So to speak of of um, medicinal cannabis, and now obviously you know me. We always talk firstly almost about the money. Yeah, <laughs> you know yep, what I mean. Yep. That, because that's where you come in. Yeah, yeah, because this is a this is a multi billion dollar industry in oh, the yeah, US and globally. Yeah. So you know when we talk about it, the first thing people tell me when they say, "Well, we can raise some money off of this. We can kind of look to boost our economic development and our growth and so on." So that's why we should probably get into it. But in terms of where where's the money going to come from? For the country right i mean you, from reading the act that's not entirely clear and i'll be honest about that and i'm, I'm obviously i'm not a, a legal person it's, i'm not entirely no, clear. I agree, yeah it is it's not entirely clear even in terms of the licensing and fees the the act or at least the draft does mm-hmm. not specify the the sums the actual mm, amount of so money you know currently it just says to be specified by um, the ministry or by the authority Mm-hmm. But um, in terms of taxes and so forth, and the exact sums that you have to pay for pay. these licenses, that's not clear yet. Yeah, it's not clear in, in the legislation now, in the draft legislation now. And then even the, 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 and we mentioned it before, the treatment of the qualifying illnesses. How many persons would actually qualify locally right now based yeah. on the criteria you know, in, this, in, in this legislation? So then it kind of makes me wonder what then is the value to the ordinary man? Because mm-hmm. you... you you know how many of us gonna actually qualify for it? The persons yeah. who are sick probably don't meet. Even the persons who may need it, mm-hmm. it might be difficult for them to um to meet the, the these criteria set out within the act. Yeah, like um especially for the more um I guess I don't even want to call them severe or serious illnesses mm-hmm. like um, multiple sclerosis. And yeah, so the forth. ones that are more difficult to diagnose yeah. in, in in countries like ours. Yeah, I don't know exactly what resources and facilities we have mm-hmm. in terms of diagnosing those kinds of ailments. But mm-hmm. you know, again, it's a concern because okay, hey. There are all these hurdles, you know, how can I qualify? Mm-hmm. And th- again, that's going back to the patient. But in terms of the ordinary man and so forth, you know, why is this important to me? But for me, I brought up that point because 
even if you're looking at it from a tax perspective, so in in the US, every time you sell, I think every time you sell um, marijuana, uh, cannabis, medical cannabis, there's right. a tax associated with it. So the government raises revenue for every sale. So the more patients there are, the the more sales there are, the more revenue that the government raises tax wise. Right, right? right. But in our case, if we're gonna have so few patients actually qualifying, where where's it? Where's the the, the revenue stream in terms of tax from? from that um, local use of, of medicine and marijuana are going to come from. Although, now that I look back, because when we were talking about qualifying, I remembered in America, uh, one of the medical conditions was anxiety. Anxiety is there. Um, and, you know, there's some STDs and so forth. Those things, we, obviously, we can test yeah. for. Maybe on our next episode, we could bring in a medical um, yeah, practitioner right. yeah. to actually go through this with us because yeah. we are discussing the medical component of the legislation. Yeah, so yeah. we probably should have done that. Like Delano was saying, you know, how much revenue and so forth can we raise from this? Mm-hmm. You know, and that's, that, that's a concern. I think that's, that's something that the ordinary man or those who don't qualify or those who aren't going to be beneficiaries of the of the bill as, mm. as a patient that's something that they would want to know mm. in addition to that i think the legislation was lacking in terms of clarity like i mentioned before for the tax um for the tax regime the tax that we're going to the tax framework that we're going to look to set up um that that's going to buttress this um whole medical marijuana industry because it didn't speak to whether or not we're going to be charging for example uh value-added tax Oh, along right. the along mm-hmm. the way, if you're gonna if that's gonna be on the zero rate or the exempt um right, right. Ta- uh, you know, or the exempt um commodities, it didn't speak to you know if there's going to be any special levies or anything like that. So mm-hmm. it, it really hasn't spoken to that in terms yeah. of how we're going to raise tax revenue. And then in the instance where we're bringing in companies, obviously to um set up a we will make tax revenue from the profitability, corporation taxes and so on. But then those corporations in in and of themselves have to be have to be um profitable, profitable right. they have to be making money right yeah. so that, that's that's it. that's the only obvious part for me that i could see uh, that from the legislation that i read at least how i interpreted it that that's the only you know relatively clear part of how revenue can be raised there apart from the licensing fees right all right yeah. so that's a concern for me there mm-hmm. you know like i mentioned are we gonna add are we gonna charge vaccinators there you know how are we going to how are we gonna do this are we gonna you know and if you're exporting it how are we gonna do it right is really what i want to know from a tax mm-hmm. perspective right I think the licensing fees as well, they have a, well, the licenses have a duration and expiry. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, you have to re- renew those, whether it's yearly or whatnot. But again, I think persons are waiting to see the fees to see, okay, well, if I'm cultivating, if I'm importing, exporting, exporting if I'm transporting, exactly yeah. what fee will I have yeah, to pay, yeah. you know, and because well, I have to pay this yearly or, you know, mm-hmm. whenever. So I think that's something else that we're waiting to see. And we can't exclude employment as well. This is an important part. The farmers, the producers, the manufacturers, the researchers. researchers yeah. This is a potentially a, 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 a niche that can be carved out in terms of um, boosting employment um, in, in the soon-to-be-created, mm-hmm. you know... Um, industry. Me- yeah. yeah, industry. But then it, it begs the question of how much income are we going to really earn? Because like you mentioned, it's kind of subject to the ability to receive the requisite licenses. You know, you look at the, the current cultivators, a lot of them don't own the land that they're cultivating. That's true. That's so how true. are you going to make, um, make? and I think that's one of the requirements, you have to show ownership yeah, of the land. Yeah, deed that, or yeah. some um, kind of permission from the landowner that yeah. you in fact can a lot use of, the land for Exactly, a lot of these persons are squatting on other people's land or on crown lands. In the, in the mountains and so on and the side of Sufre and so on so I mean you know there, there are real questions about that and that's the thing as well because right now they are cultivating and they aren't 
paying anyone. They're squatting as the land and they aren't paying anyone for use of this land. Mm-hmm. And they're benefiting. They're, you know, I'm selling marijuana and so mm-hmm. forth. And for them to come now. Yeah. How do you incentivize them to get legal and right. to try to get to, involved in the medicine? Uh, to register the title and do this and all of that. Or say, okay, I'm using this land with such and such permission. Yeah. I mean, to and them, we already know about the distrust. Yeah, we know about like, the distrust of this thing. You have to go and report to, to the authorities. Boy, I've been, I've been farming marijuana for the last yeah. five years. Even, you know. even this amnesty. You know, know, even <laughs> the amnesty. It, it, to me, it's kind of shaky. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just to look at it from the regular man who up there. You know, kind like, of, I, can, I can see the fair. Yeah, I, mean, I, can, I can see it. it is, I can see the apprehension. It's, yeah, it's, it's carefully crafted in the in the bill. I mean, you know, legally, you wouldn't run into trouble. Yeah. Any lawyer would um, be able to, you know, Find your case if something would happen. Yeah. But um, you can see the apprehension. Yeah, like a man would say, boy, I must go in and report this. <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, this was so long, you know? Yeah. So, but I mean, those are all concerns I think um, yeah. a lot of persons have, yeah. farmers and mm-hmm. so have. So there is a potential of employment and then there's a potential to save money, especially in terms of, we mentioned the fact that, um, uh, in terms of the policing and the enforcement. Oh, enforcing, yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, if you're going to discontinue the cases currently before the, um, the court system in yeah. relation to, um, to marijuana, then that's going to save you some time, it's going to free yeah. up this. But then, in the long run, is it really going to save money because you're still it's still not um, legal for recreational use? So they still can have to enforce. And even in relation to enforcing the the locations in which it's going to be farmed and so on there's a lot of costs attached to that we spoke about the security system we spoke about all the, these restrictions that need to be put in place in terms of access to the land and so on so that's not going to be cheap either yeah you know what i mean so there's a lot there's a lot of spending that's going to happen but there, there can be some saving but just in terms of the cons now we spoke about and we know that the risk of abuse yeah, yeah, yeah. With um, I guess with any, well, I mean, really, with any kind of medicine, you know, mm, there's like just like alcohol, any control yeah, drug, anything. Yeah. yeah. Um, even I mean, oxycontin and these yeah, things. Yeah. I mean, these are highly addictive. Oxy- <laughs> <laughs> you know, these pain medications and so forth. You know, these are highly addictive stuff and so. I mean, they're subject to abuse, and I think that's a concern yeah. of a lot of persons. Yeah, because I mean, they were they were linking it to car accidents and you know right. in, in, uh, incidents at work and so. I mean, in fact, I mean, under the the medical marijuana the bill, mm-hmm. that's one of the um, prohibitions. You can't use it while you're operating. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I think um, heavy machinery, machinery and so on. Yeah, I think. And then another thing is that the recognized. Scientific studies are still limited. As much yeah. as we're talking about, research yeah. is obviously increasing in terms of the, what was it, THC? THC. And, and, and the CBD. CBS, them terms. <laughs> you know so, what I mean? A lot of that is increasing now. Yeah, yeah. And um, a lot of it, a lot of the lack of research that had to do with the fact that, well, in America, these places, you know, it's been a, a schedule one drug, you know, which means that there's no medicinal value. So, mm-hmm. you know, you couldn't research it and stuff like that. You didn't really have access to it. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, no. With you know the these laws that are permitting it, there is greater access to medical research and scientific research, but it's still lacking. It's still not conclusive in a, in a lot of cases. Mm-hmm. So even though like you know a thing we have anxiety and you know so forth is not really con- well. I think anxiety is conclusive to be honest. But for a lot of the others, um, like maybe Parkinson's and so forth, mm-hmm. it's not conclusive that it's an effective treatment. Mm-hmm. But um, you know that's something that they're still looking into. Yeah, well, and that then the critics might, the, the person in film might say, well, that's why we need the research. That's why we need to, you know, create yeah. this framework that the research can be done. Yeah. So you know, we can see that there are the university, West Indies, and so on in the region that can yeah. undertake the research. And I think UWI was one of the first um, institutions in the world yeah. to actually 
study, study. M- marijuana mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. that medically. Yeah. yeah. But just in terms of more potential, um, you know, cons. cons yeah. The displacement of our traditional local farmers, and we spoke to that about, before about the ownership of land and the, and even the financial means to invest to invest to, yeah. to get yeah. up to the the, the required um, stature, so to speak, to get the licenses and so on. Even the cost of the, the licenses, you know what I mean. So oh, no. these are issues that we have to grapple with. How how do we get our local farmers now? Because to be honest, they've been they've been doing this thing for years, admittedly illegally, but they've been yeah. doing it for years. And if we're not going to create an avenue for persons to make money legally from something that they've been doing then maybe you know we have to find ways to incorporate them but i think the the know-how as well i think you were telling me earlier that you heard saboto uh, minister caesar speaking about it um that they're gonna have oh yes uh, yes yeah yeah because today i was listening to the radio this morning um with um minister of agriculture and they were speaking particularly about the next point which is the exploitation of um, our local farmers right, and, and yeah. by foreign entities or corporations. So mm-hmm. they were speaking about the fact that as part of the mission of the diversification unit, yes, people, we do have a diversification unit <laughs> in St. Vincent. They're going to be attaching um, offices of this unit, uh, putting them in, into the discussions or the negotiations with foreign entities as they're negotiating with local farmers, local workers and so on to make sure that everything is fair, as he put right. it, to make sure that there's equity. I think equity is the word that the minister used right. today. So they're going to be looking at that to try to limit the the, the chances of foreign because i know they're speaking about like canadian companies and so on that want to come in they want to make sure that we're not being exploited and our resources extracted and that the local benefit isn't accruing to us here in st yeah. vincent because another another aspect of that is that a lot of persons a lot of academics and so forth they're saying that okay yes it's a plant and you know we're gonna look at it for medical purposes but we have to move away from the agricultural um, dimension of it, you know. We have to look more towards the pharmaceutical applications and treat it as a pharmaceutical product. And in that sense, you can see that we're lacking in the region because, you know, we don't have big pharmaceutical companies. Mm-hmm. That's where America and Canada, Canada and so forth, yeah. they have all these giant companies these that, you know, that. have R&D and so mm-hmm. forth and can invest into looking into the scientific applications and diversification of the species. And that's another thing in terms of an area of law that I think is a bit overlooked sometimes is um, the possibility of patenting the the process. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And in fact, there was a, a pharmaceutical company in California that applied for a patent in America, I think, earlier in the year. And it pretty much covered, uh, it was like uh, the, the process of the any plant that had in a certain THC content and uh, I think terpenes, they, they call it as well. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that kind of thing. And when you look at it, how knowledgeable are all farmers about these kinds of things, the strains and THC content and chemical compounds. Them just know it high, dog. They just know it high. You know what to do to get <laughs> yeah, that to sort get of thing or whatever. Yeah. But when you're t- talking Not about... Not the the knowledge of local well, farmers. You know, right? yeah. But on a more... Um, a, a kind of more structured kind yeah, of, you um, know? That, um, in terms of the pharmaceutical applications, when mm. you look at the um, the microbiological breakdown of everything mm. and the compounds of this strain and that and mm. all of that, and and for medicinal purposes, you need to have a THC content of this level or that level or no THC content and a CBD um, level of such and such. Mm-hmm. Then that's where the pharmaceutical knowledge comes into play. 
and you can see that that's where we would have a disadvantage because these giant companies they obviously have been doing this for years and years in relation to other types of products and so forth and they can come in and they can study the the dna of this and all mm -hmm. of that and the plants and so forth and be able to identify specific strains and ensure that certain strains are consistently grown and produced for medicinal purposes which we may not be able to do yet anyway yeah we need we need it has to be that transfer of knowledge basically yeah. and so i could see the value of having these foreign entities involved in the process so we can't we can't pretend like we can do it all on our own because the reality is we don't have the knowledge and the expertise at this yeah. present moment yeah i mean i mentioned patenting and so forth i mean i don't believe that it's easily patentable but of course once you apply for it and so forth like this california um company they applied for it it's yet to be tested in court but i i i am not sure it would withstand uh, a, challenge. A, a challenge in court mm -hmm. but it's something that we have to look at as well should we be trying to patent our processes and yeah, so forth I, I, you know because i think a lot of persons say that we have a unique strain in the caribbean mm -hmm. i don't know how true it is but you know. Yeah, but I mean, just in terms of patents, and I think it's a, it's a, I think it's a valid point because if you look at how many patents uh, are being held currently by the University of the West Indies, like mm -hmm. persons who we do a lot of research in the region, we have patents and so on, but we're not, you know, the, the, the herd is to kind of commercialize them. And I, I think right. we did one in terms of the, the pan and so on. So there, there are a lot of things in terms of, you yeah. know, that we're doing. You know, so it's another avenue that we can involve the entire region into trying to, you know. Yeah, it's, it's an aspect that I don't think a lot of persons look at. But I think the commission, um, again, the commission mentioned it. And it's something that I think that was as noteworthy. Mm -hmm. So I thought I'd bring it up here again. But um, that was just tied to the exploitation by the foreign entities mm -hmm. and so forth that we mentioned. Yeah, I mean, and for us, you know, we, we've kind of come into the, at least for us now, in this initial discussion of, of this particular topic, medicinal cannabis, we've kind of come into the end, wrapping up, yeah. you know, and we hope, as usual, we hope that we've given you some food for talk, we've presented some facts, we've yeah. presented our opinions, we've kind of given you, you know, what we think about what's happening in St. Vincent, and obviously it's of import for the rest of the region as well, because a lot of us are going in that direction. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so you know, but as we wrap up, we just want to plug the podcast. We yep. just want to encourage you guys to keep listening. We are overwhelmed. We're so happy that you're listening to us. Uh, we are now available on so many uh, platforms. We've, platforms. We've just launched on um, iTunes and, and yeah, Apple Podcasts. Podcast, yeah. So, you know, anywhere you are in the world, yeah. you, you have no excuse not to be listening to <laughs> a lawyer and a policy analyst as we discuss caribbean issues you know what i mean over a cold beverage yeah, of yeah. course over a cold beverage you know, you know over, over, over yeah man <laughs> and speaking of that we want to introduce this week a new little segment at the end of the podcast so we kind of we kind of want to you could drink to that that's what yeah, we call yeah. in the segment you can drink to that and it's basically where we're going to kind of be raising our, our beverage to something noteworthy in the region the something region, that, yeah. that that that's that, that we can be happy about that we can celebrate as a as a as a region yeah. Uh, I think Bilal and I have the same one this week, but next week we're gonna try to have a different one. No, but you go first, yeah. and I go find another one. I have back up. Okay. <laughs> so what are we drinking to this week? I wanna raise my my beverage, my bottle mm -hmm. to the the reparations that okay. UWI they're um gonna receive the two hundred million yeah, pounds. Yes, right? yes, from the University, from of, Glasgow. University of Glasgow. I think that's that's something um noteworthy and something very important for our region and yeah it's a step yeah. in the right direction yeah, it's, it's a step in the right direction and it kind of gives some some traction to the whole caricom reparations movement and yeah. probably we'll discuss yeah. that later so i can raise i can raise, raise a glass we thing. can drink to that yeah. and then for mine this week 
it's not as 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 profound as Jadricks. <laughs> but my mind is weak. I want to raise my beverage to the new commissioner of police in Trinidad and Tobago, yeah. Gary Griffith. This yeah. guy is giving me life with the way and his approach to, to, to crime fighting in Trinidad. You know, he's getting death threats and so on and he's just going about his job. He said, well, if you're ready, if you want me, come for me. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I think in a place like Trinidad where yeah. crime is so rampant yeah. and, and so on and the difficulties there, you need somebody, you need a kind of figure who can just come out and say, hey, we're going on. You see this crime thing? The box stops here and we're doing what we can to cut down the crime. So this week, I want to raise my beverage to the commissioner of police in Trinidad. May we, may we all be as brave as him yeah. in the face of death threats. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, that wraps up our episode, everyone. Again, thanks for listening. See you next week.